You're listening to the Horsefest podcast with the founders of Horsefest. I'm Thea. And hello, this is Heidi. Each podcast is dedicated to you and your passion for everything horse. We'll be speaking to elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests, all focused on bringing you inspiration, insights and learning in a way that our horse tribe will enjoy. In today's podcast, we're really excited to talk to Dee Soiello from Dynamic Sports Performance. Dee is a sports therapist working with equestrian athletes, both human and equine, is one of only 20 therapists in the UK to be qualified in rider and equine facial manipulation. Easy for me to say. Um, Working with some of the best horse and rider combinations in the UK and combining both performance analysis with rider strength and conditioning Dee is an amazing expert who'll be sharing all of this knowledge at the Horse Fest Festival in July. And also we'll be doing an online learning session on our membership group, Horse Tribe. Dee, a really warm welcome to the Horse Fest podcast. Hello. Lovely to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And sorry for butchering pronouncing your surname. Everyone does, so don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, Off-air listeners, we did have a little session where um, I tried to get the pronunciation right, so I've done as best as I can. We'll we'll keep trying. I can always improve. One can always improve. improve. (laughs) So, um, Dee, we'd love our listeners to get to know you professionally, but also a bit about you as a person. So, first of all, we always like to start a little bit with the horsey stuff. Tell us about your passion for horses and where it all started. Uh, yeah so basically mum started taking me to the local um, riding school and um, I just yes from the age of two really I started there and I just absolutely loved it and then became completely fixed with it Um, and then yeah throughout the years basically I had to I loaned a lot of um horses ponies I even loaned little Shetland ponies at one point um who used to like take me skidding around everywhere but yeah I was just absolutely obsessed with them and I think to be honest with you I think as much as when I was younger I used to be very jealous that I didn't have you know lots of um you know I didn't have a horse or pony what have you in some ways I actually think it's been um a real beneficial thing because it's made me want it so much you know to work with horses and um so yeah I'm quite I'm quite grateful actually because it it taught me a lot and uh, made me work for it and uh yeah I was really lucky like I got my when I um got my first horse actually uh he was everyone just said we bought like this horrendous pony that was gonna like kill me um (laughs) and he he turned out to be absolutely amazing and we did really really well together actually so um yeah he taught me a lot and then it it went from there but uh yeah I definitely think that was to an advantage to be honest with you I mean I know lots of people grow up with them and um that's awesome but I actually think it was good me you know having to work hard to be involved in the industry and you know have a horse etc yeah and you trained abroad with an olympic dressage rider so you really did work yeah. hard and ended up at a very high level yeah it's just i was um i think i think to be honest with you that's like one of the things of like where it's come into the business really i don't don't really think about it a huge amount but um i suppose 
yeah I didn't have you know I haven't come from any sort of like horsey background but I think you know especially with that horse as well you know we literally bought him like cheap as chips and eventually like he you know he did do really well with me and um yeah I was really lucky some of the opportunities that I got kind of off the back of that and um a few other things but yeah if you were I do I do honestly believe if you work hard enough and you believe in yourself enough you 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 really can do anything I know it sounds cheesy but um yeah I do I do really believe that you've just got to work really hard and um yeah good things will come to those that wait as you say as uh, people say yeah is a is it a lovely um theme coming out with a lot of our experts actually we've we've got Steph Roxford who's famous for Mr President um and uh, international Grand Prix dressage rider and Steph Turner as well who's famous for having taken um her 14 to uh, Cobb Billy Wiz to Grand Prix level and they both say exactly the same it's kind of you can buy a horse for not very much money but you can develop together and it's how you you know how people help you how you learn and what you put into it and you can get loads out of it no matter what you know not everyone has to ride to Grand Prix Mm -hmm. um, level but you you know you really can get lots out of it for sure yeah I just think with the with the um you know with the riders that I work with now you know it's always just about thinking outside the box and yeah like I said just working hard and um you know you can you can do it you've you know it's uh it's just a mind over matter really isn't it mm. and how do you keep that passion for riding alive now where do you get your riding fixes yeah it's so fun- funny that I don't I don't actually really ride anymore um just because to us I'm so busy with the business um and it's a strange one because of like in some ways I'm sort of in the best position possible now in terms of for me to have a horse in terms of all the tra- the trainers I could work with and people and all of that sort of stuff but um yeah I'm just so I'm so busy with work and I think I'd want the best barrier the best this the best that the best the other <laughs> and I just don't and uh, it's just it's just really to be honest more about the time so I think like in life you just go through different phases don't you or different areas and at the moment like I'm just very very focused on the business and um I think uh, something that I would say is that a lot of the horse and riders I work with, because of the level they're working at, they um, I see them quite often. So I do really get like a very close bond with like the horses and the riders, to be fair, that I work with. So, you know, obviously it's a little bit different at the moment with competing, but normally you know, if I go watch them um, compete and just when I'm at the yard, you know, a lot of them are owned, but, you know, their their owners might not be around us sort of like on a, on a rider's yard and things like that. You, you just get to know all their little individual personalities and probably that's what I really enjoy the most. So I do, when I'm with them, I, I do know the horses really, really well. So Mm. I kind of get my I suppose fixed in that way and I'm around you know I'm I'm lucky that I'm on uh you know I get to be around lovely horses and riders every single day so I think that's kind of where it is and to be honest if, if um I'm doing the biomechanics sessions and so I can't really quite get what they're saying and it's easier for me to feel I do get on so um mm. you know if I do ride I'm quite lucky the horses that I <laughs> I do ride wow now. yeah um, so yeah then sometimes I think I'd much prefer to ride this like once than you know <laughs> do whatever for the, the whole week so 
I just like as well that I don't have any sort of thing of like I've got to get back you know if I need to spend however long extra with something I I can whereas obviously if you've got a horse and what have you you're a little bit more constrained with um with time so eventually I'm sure I will but just at this moment I'm very very thankful especially given the situation like how well the business is doing and what have you so it's just time at the moment to like focus on that and um I go running a lot and work out and things like that and um you know even just walking the dog and stuff I'd say that's my sort of like chill out time yeah Um, yeah absolutely it is it is a it is a um, funny one but I do think actually riding is one time where you can totally switch off which perhaps you can't do in other things um so that's an amazing part of riding but yeah well I'm sure I'm sure at some point just not at the moment yeah I think that's true isn't it I, I think I spent I rode from the age of four um but for 12 years barely got on a horse while my children were small um yeah and actually I still had the horses so we were still around them but didn't really didn't because I never really felt I needed to get on but actually when the kids got a little bit older then it felt like the perfect time to get back on and and get another horse so you're right I think it's how does it fit with your life and when's the right time for you and just just go with it isn't it yeah I think it's just it's just time yeah totally a lot of of that can't split yourself in too many pieces (laughs) Um, (laughs) so your career has taken you quite literally right around the world um how where have you been? What have you what have you gathered on your way? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that's probably one of the most uh, one of the things I'm probably most uh, you know I feel very fortunate about in terms of that with horses that they have taken me all over the world. Um, probably like Mozambique, um, Zimbabwe, uh, obviously Spain, Holland, uh, Qatar, places like that. So. Yeah, I've been really, I've been really, really lucky. Um, I think something to be fair, and um, what I was thinking about is like with Mozambique, you have to like I was, I was just so lucky there in that I managed to basically my whole job was to essentially like ride horses along a beach and swim with dolphins. Oh, it sounds awful. Like so, <laughs> it was a, well, it a was, tough job. It was a really <laughs> tough job. Um, yeah, on an island. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> but it was sunny all the time. It was sunny all the time. Yeah, but it, <laughs> but actually, the funniest thing is actually like with um, I do think that actually being over there taught me a lot in terms of that because I was literally on an island. Um, you really got to be quite creative in how you do things with horses and just um, like their fitting work and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you do. You, I had to be really, really creative um when I was when I was out there so it makes you think of and also just from a riding perspective you know like I was always bareback I never really put tack on so um yeah it it taught I think it made me a better rider as well because you've got to you know like swimming with them like feeling them move underneath you and all of those sort of things but yeah definitely it's made it it made me where like you're so used to having like a local shop to you or something but you just can't do that when you're on the <laughs> on the middle of an island <laughs> off the coast of uh, the mainland of Mozambique so um yeah it, it taught me it taught me a lot amazing and what, what took you into the world of sports therapy 
Um, I can't really, to be honest, say that there was a particular like, I don't know, you know, on those moments where it was like, that was it. Um, <laughs> but just, just, I suppose, like at one point, I really did want to go down the riding route, and I personally just did. I personally didn't enjoy the thing of like riding different horses and not knowing the horses that well. And I think, um, yeah, like with the with that side of things, when I, funnily enough, I was actually I was traveling, um, and I was in Zimbabwe when I got. Um, when my mum called and said look there's this um, freshers week at university that you've got to go to because I'd got into when I got into uni that's kind of when I started obviously thinking about what I needed to do and things like that but when I was at um, when I was in Zim mum said right you've got to go to freshers week and um, I said I was like well okay so I had to come home and most people obviously when they get to uni they're all ready they're all set you know like they've they've been prepping forever long and when I got to the like desk they said they're like so where's your um where, where, where's your student lo- like loan where's your accommodation and I was like I haven't got any of that and I just had these like bin bags because mum picked me up from Heathrow <laughs> Airport from the middle of Zimbabwe and um yeah and then basically once I got to uni and started learning also about like how I learned because I'm um, severely dyslexic so I think before I wasn't very you know like I really struggled on the academic side of things so I was a bit unsure and it was all like about the riding and then once I um I think the year out probably massively helped just in terms of thinking about what I wanted to do and then once I got to uni it again like just the different topics that you learn about and all of those sort of things and um I think yeah with the I think with my side of things I'm obviously lucky that I get to know the horses quite well um and I'm essentially I suppose making them better and mm. um, so I it, I kind of get the best of both worlds in many a ways so it was just sort of a like a natural process but yeah I sort of stopped going down the riding route and um yeah once I got to uni and I started learn like also once I learned how I learned then the science side of things all became a lot easier and then it for my mind I love like doing mind mapping type work and then once I sort of started focusing on the horse and rider as a combination it just made me think oh right you know like if you look at this and then and everything all became a lot clearer and it became enjoyable to learn I think you learn obviously so much more when you are doing a subject that you particularly love Mm. so that's really where it sort of um came into I suppose and then just a natural process of you know like wanting to make sure I did the best you know like learn um in the best way possible from the best people so I've been really lucky like who I've learned from and trained with and all of those sort of things but yeah it's just a natural progression I suppose yeah and when we've been chatting to you before it's been really noticeable how you like to work with other people and that you'll sort of see yourself as part of a team to help the horses or riders improve and and build their strength and conditioning and so on so tell, tell us a little bit more about how that works with a a team of experts yeah I think again like going back to sort of my training I was um you have to be human trained before you do the horses and to be honest I I actually um only did the human training because 
um, the late Mary Bromley told me I had to. So um, when I started working in rugby, which obviously was quite a nice uh, position to be in, <laughs> working with professional rugby players, I thought I could do this. Um, so no, once, once um, like with that side of things, I just started to see um, how much of a difference it made working with both the horse and rider as a combination and then again like going back to the rugby side of things and other sports you you learn I just I just learned how important it was for everyone to be involved with it with that athlete um and for those those riders to feel supported because I think riding can be a bit of a lonely sport at times and there's a lot of pressure you know you've got a lot of family pressure and things like that um so yeah I think it's just really important that you look at things from all aspects so like for me like the biomechanics sessions it's really important that I work obviously with the coach and then sometimes things can get missed in communication if you just say like say the saddle fitter or the farrier or somebody like that so I think it's just really good that although it's not like in other professional sports that you've got a base per se you know like riders obviously have their own bases I try and my best to sort of like have a real clear communication pathway so that the rider the obviously the center of it feels supported but the whole thing is obviously about um performance you know and just and just trying to look at those little areas that you can improve on I do honestly think if you get everybody involved you know as many people involved and you know where you say about experts you know what there's going to be things that obviously lot you know a coach will say they'll be looking at things differently to how I will and it's just really interesting to see like for example with the farrier they might say this is what I'm trying to do this also when it when we watch it move together you know we're looking at things from uh different aspects but we come to the same sort of like plan and yeah I just I just think it's a massive thing that's sort of like missing in the equestrian industry so I do I do really try and bring that over from what I've learned in other sports and um also I just think it's good for everyone to feel you know that we're all aim we're all sort of singing off the same hymn sheet if you like yeah, it's nice to try and connect the dots, isn't it? And with everyday questions and, and leisure riders as well, if I guess if they can communicate, this is what my um, physio is saying, this is what my farrier is saying, I've got my um, saddle fitter involved. It's nice to connect the dots and see if that leads down a path that's that's even better for horse and rider. Is, to be honest, it inevitably will be. You know, like if, you, if everyone's sort of working towards one common goal, um it can only improve and actually it's it's really it's really interesting to look you you know you're always learning aren't you like so it's really interesting sometimes I will stay out like I'm lucky that I'm on yards with some amazing like world-class farriers and um you know lots of different people the coaches etc so you know sometimes you you know just little things you know you learn you think oh you know that that's really interesting and then you can understand why this might be happening a little bit more so it's as much for I think the team uh, as it is for the rider to some degree but yeah I just think sometimes things can you know sometimes we're sort of like right well this is this person that's the other person but actually it's better to especially at elite level you know you really have got to be looking at the sort of finer details and all as one really. 
And we're really excited that you're going to be sharing your knowledge and this understanding um, in a relatable way with our audience at Horsefest in July. And today is so sunny as we record this. It's making us feel a really festival vibe today. I've got my it's certainly on. going to be warm enough. Yay! Yes, me too. <laughs> I know. It's a shame it's a Tuesday. It's I not a wine's day. Um, <laughs> perhaps it should be. Yes, perhaps we should just say it's a wine's day today. Um, and also we're going to try and get a date, um, TBC, um, to do an online mm-hmm. learning session as well with our membership community horse trial, which is very exciting. So just be really nice to share a few highlights of the, of the sorts of things that you'd like to get across to the audience um, at the festival. I think really like in terms of the, um, I'm not sure kind of what's been released yet, if you like, but um, in terms of the sort of like biomechanics session, I've got a really uh, a really awesome rider coming up um, that I work with regularly. So I think in terms of things that uh, for them to take away and what have you, or what what we're trying to get across is very much on like the ride performance side of things, like how much a difference it can make for the rider to focus on themselves rather than just the horse. So I think that's going to be like a major part of it. Um, and like I said, I know that horse and rider very well. So I think it will give uh, people the opportunity to see exactly what we're looking at, how you can help um, common things that I, I see, you know, both from like a soft tissue front, from biomechanics, um, obviously the rider strength conditioning um, as well. So I think there'll be, I think there'll be lots of things I'm hoping like people will take home Um but yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at all sort of aspects of anything to do with performance. But um, it's going to be interesting, I think, for people to um, just think a little bit differently as to how they work and how they can help their horses, really. Yeah. And do breaking news, release the name of your demo <laughs> rider. Um, Sarah Wilkinson. So she's um, she's an amazing rider. Uh, I absolutely love working with her. And um, she... She should have some horses um, going to Paris. Uh, that's, I don't know what's going to be happening with these games at the moment, but um, yeah. who knows? But, yeah, she's, she's an incredible rider. She's got some amazing horses. So she'll be a very, very exciting one for people to um, watch and learn from. And also she's um, – I thought Sarah's a good one because she will – She's very analytical, so she'll give quite a lot of feedback in terms of what she's feeling, how she does things. Um, so yeah, she, she's a, she's a she's a great one, and also she's got some she's got uh, some amazing horses. So I'm sure people will quite enjoy watching her um, mm. <laughs> parade around. <laughs> fabulous and we're going to get you involved in all sorts, aren't we? Which we're working through we the are. detail with you, but from getting up in the morning not too not early too. don't worry folks if you're thinking of coming along um, but you're going to have some do some really insightful but fun um, stretching and yoga sessions for us aren't you yeah in the and morning. I think I'm hoping as well like again going but like sorry to bang on but like going back to other sports you know it's funny like the Six Nations have just gone on and I was um it was that I put something up on my social media that it like the they had the whole thing of like whales stretching obviously ended up winning but you know it's just so it's so common within other sports you 
train keeps going. Sorry. Um, yeah. No, oh, no um, worries. Yeah. You just wouldn't. You just wouldn't in any other sport think. Um, you know, oh well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go. So that's kind of what riders do without warming up. So I'm going to try and go through um, some fun exercises and stretches and movements just that people can, A, it'll be good to sort of like start the day for people and it'll be really fun and interactive. Um, But hopefully there'll also be some things in there where people can actually start implementing that into their actual routine at home because it would be, it would be amazing for ride all riders, whatever level you're at, for them to start, you know, thinking of themselves a lot more as athletes and stretching um, before they get on and just um, recruiting certain muscles that you do need as a rider. And it is very discipline specific and it's uh, very sport specific. But yeah, just I think giving a bit more of an insight as to what you can do as a rider um, rather than sort of just general exercises. It's it's very true actually. I used to do an awful lot of hockey, and I wouldn't think of starting a match no. or even a practice match without stretching. But yeah. I just hopped on my horse this morning without doing anything, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this. And we're going to make it available as a download on our um, horse tribe uh, community website as well afterwards. So you'll be able to print it off and do it every yeah. morning if you want to. <laughs> it is so important though, like because you didn't. What happens is like for people that um especially those that like if they've got a day job or something they don't ride for a living and and also just for riders obviously but um you know you if you don't warm up before you get on the horse um riders are typically very like right dominant for example because if you think of like how we muck out and driving to the yard and all these sort of things um so then of course if you don't warm up you're going to automatically put your asymmetries if you like onto the horse so it's important for you to warm up so that when you warm the horse up you're not putting those uh putting those issues if you like onto the horse or as much as you you can sort of like not do that the 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 better um so yeah it's really important but yeah I'm going to make it a fun one um but also hopefully very um you know interesting and looking at things from different aspects sounds fab i can't wait really looking forward to it just wish it was tomorrow i need it before july (laughs) (laughs) do you've got so many great experiences i mean you've told us about some of them already what's your most memorable horsey moment so far um yeah i have i have been very very lucky actually but um probably um yeah like uh, where I where I said about with Mozambique um I was just in the Mm. water one day just having a swim with two so I was on one and leading the other and I was quite far out and all I have to admit at first I was so nervous because we have um we had bull sharks over there and I was like oh my god you know like quickly but they were dolphins (laughs) <laughs> and um yeah these dolphins all kept coming around it was just such a surreal moment and it was just yeah the horses were a bit like oh gosh hang on what's this um but yeah it was it was just incredible and like I said there is you know it's just such a I can't unless you've swum with horses you can't quite describe the movement underneath you 
that being in the water and seeing that like the you know the dolphins and how they move underneath you and what have you and then I got I actually got in and swam with um the horse and the dolphin it was just it was just up like absolutely incredible so yeah that's probably that's probably my first thought if you like I think it's quite hard to beat. It's quite hard to beat. I'm trying to not just rack... swimming with dolphins, but swimming with horses. Yeah, and dolphins. racking my brain, and I don't have one that oh. is that good at all. No, I was, I was <laughs> really lucky. I was really lucky. Excuse me. I have to edit my massive cough out. It's all right. <laughs> so, whilst he is coughing, I'll, I'll ask you the next question. Shall I? So, what what has been your biggest challenge in your equestrian career so far? Uh, I think I've I've had a few to be honest like um but that sort of makes makes it what you are really I suppose but probably one of the big things I think as a soft tissue therapist is that um when I first started it was very much like well I remember firstly people said I couldn't make it as a career so that was the first one um and I was determined to make it that you know it it's sort of part and parcel of every um like I think it should be for every horse but particularly for performance horses that it's a necessity um to maintain them rather than you know you just can't expect horses to just keep performing without any help um so that and and also just you know just again like it be people would say like the back person or something like that and I'm lucky now that I think you know it is changing the sport definitely is changing if you look at the people at the top they're they're um they definitely think outside the box and concentrate on themselves. And I think that's the other one of the really like it's an ongoing challenge of, of trying to make riders think of things a little bit differently. And um, I think the equestrian sport is so behind in that. Um, but I think as the younger riders come through and, um, you know, a lot of the riders also at the top at the moment, they're definitely making people think so much more about themselves as athletes and what they need to focus on. And I think, again, like it's, it's just about coming from a holistic point of view, you know, like I have, my mind works just on the, you know, if you, it, you looking at both, you know, we've got two athletes, you know, so looking at the horse and rider as a combination and not just focusing so much on the horse because, you know, it is, uh, it's just incredible how much of a difference the rider makes and how, you know, how I think we all know, like, it's incredible what horses will do for us. And, you know, sometimes, like, when I treat horses that, are, you know, if they're traveling all over the world or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's insane, you know, how sometimes they can feel afterwards and you've got to get them back, but they'll still do the job for you. Um, so yeah that's kind of that's like an ongoing challenge um and I'm you know I'm pleased that I've completed or overcome the other one of that um I would say that now especially like the horse and riders I'm very lucky to work with I think they do very much see it as a you know as much of having you know as you'd have the farrier as you would have somebody come and um you know myself come and look at them and treat them and look at things from like different aspects and what have you mm. so yeah but that's it the, the other one's like one that I'm continually striving for um so hopefully that will also come across at horse fest yeah yeah it's, it's nice to think that 
um, riders now start to see the physio, as you say, like having the dentist, like having a saddle fitter, like having the farriers, just part of the team, part of the process um, to work together. So from serious challenges to the funny side of things, have you got... (laughs) A funny story you can share, us, share with us from either from your time as a sports therapist or as a rider. Yes, um, I'm not sure how appropriate <laughs> my story is. Quite honestly, I'm not sure if we're like a PG or what we are. But um, when <laughs> when I was riding abroad, so basically, I got my um, my family were meant to go on ho- like we were going on like this holiday. Uh, to France and uh, the day before I got offered uh, the day before a lot a time a time before I was um I was meant to be going to work abroad anyway everything got rescheduled for me for me um going abroad anyway I was I was over there riding and then um basically when I was the guy that I was riding for turned out to be uh what can I say about him but just (laughs) wasn't appropriate (laughs) for a 16 or 17 year old whatever I was to be on site should I say and um one day I decided that actually it probably wasn't a good idea me staying around and I didn't fancy um being on top of this mountain anymore um so I had to walk one day, like in the evening, I'd ridden all the horses and I was totally alone on the yard. And I thought, right, this is my chance to basically just exit. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I ended up, so bear in mind I've ridden, okay, like, so it's a height of, so I'm in all my breeches, I've got my spurs on, I've got the whole lot, okay, I'm packed for like a year's worth of clothing. And um, yeah, and basically I went down and I thought, right, I'm just going to have to like find a you know a taxi or something um so I found like this group of women and I thought oh right well obviously there's like a bus station or something here but it turned out to be where the prostitutes stood oh, no. <laughs> so I was waiting for this lovely bus or, or taxi or something but actually I was stood at a prostitute station pretty much but the worst thing is remember I'm in breeches spurs I mean I don't know if I have a bit with me or whatever but I thought oh my god this is gonna think this person is like the kinkiest kinkiest I've ever seen standing I was like right I'm just going to look for the most family looking bloke you know that comes across so I said to Scar I was like I'm really sorry I'm a and I think I might have said I'm a rider or something like to get and I, I think, like, <laughs> it and I just said to him, I was like look I'm really so I'm like stuck at the scene I was like I just need to get to a transition anyway where my um where my family had like been saying however long before I ended up calling them and saying look um you know I need to can I come to France anyway I'm, I met this um yeah I, I managed to get there got on a train and funnily enough there was like a four-hour delay at a station the woman behind me I heard her talking so I ended up like getting a lift with um with them and then I ended up in Toulouse or somewhere oh god it was just an absolute my mum like <laughs> called me from the UK she was like what are you doing I was like oh god so I didn't tell her too much about my initial like getaway but... until later so yeah, yeah. that's probably my 
uh, my sort of funny moment of like just stood there thinking, <laughs> how have I reached this point? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. I'd love to say we've all been there, but no, no not. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I know. Terrible. Brilliant story, though, Dee. Brilliant story. Oh, thank, thank you for that. And uh, right, one last question mm. for you. We'd love you to pass on a relatable top tip to the horse drive. So what would that be? Relatable top tip. Um, probably, yeah, like I, was, I, th- I think I might go with stretching before you get on. Just move it, not even necessarily stretching, but activating certain muscles before you get on, um, making it as much discipline specific as you can. So, you know, ask your coach what are the sort of three things you need to work on and try and think like, okay, well, how can I work on those? And I think it's all just about, you know, realistic small goals, for example. Um, and yeah, just um, just trying to think a little bit differently, not uh, not so focused. And invest, basically invest in yourself as a rider, you know, probably think about how much you um, put into investing in your horse, whether that's nutrition or their shoes or whatever and think about think about yourself and um just little things really like you can look at your um boots for example your gloves just see what's worn out see what you're doing how that how why that might be the case and um try and work on work on yourself a lot more um that would probably be my little thing I think that's brilliant. And you're absolutely right. Um, it's not, we don't, we don't focus on ourselves at all. No, but we spend so much time and all of our hard, hard end cash on the ponies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great, great suggestion to look at ourselves as well. Thank you, Dee. We've so enjoyed speaking oh, to my you. Pleasure. Um, love your stories. They've been amazing. <laughs> um, and I, I think really helping our listeners to get to know you uh, a little bit better, which has been fantastic. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on the Horse Fest podcast. Well, honestly, my pleasure. Um, I'm looking forward oh, to it. Been... I can't wait. You're looking forward to yeah. it. We cannot wait either. It's going to be such an awesome weekend. Um, so, yeah, thank, thank you again. Out. I'm sure it will. Oh, yes. We, we booked, booked it, <laughs> so it'll all be fine. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> You've got enough time now to um, try and pronounce my name. That's right. Yeah, we've got plenty of time. I think we're to just get here it. for used to be Holdsworth. Used to be Holdsworth. Yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for having me. I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you. Yeah, do. we are too. Yeah. We'll all right. See you take soon. care. You too. Thank you for listening to the Horse Fest podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, rate and review the podcast and share it with your horse tribe. Keep tuning in for more episodes with elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests.